This next guy, Kevin Weeks, he has got a book out called Hunted Down, the FBI's Pursuit and Capture of Whitey Bulger. He was the uh, the right-hand man and the enforcer. Let's welcome uh, Kevin Weeks to the show. Mr. Weeks, how are you, sir? Fine, thank you. How are you today? Uh, I'm great. Uh, I would imagine by now you've seen the uh, the Whitey Bulger movie? Yes. I haven't seen it yet. You know why? I didn't know Mr. Bulger, or certainly not like you did, but... Uh, Johnny Depp just isn't selling it for me. I don't. I don't. Even with the makeup and all that, I can't take him seriously. No, he didn't. He didn't sell it to me either. I mean, beside the look, uh, he, he was nothing like Jim Bulger at all. He didn't represent him at all. I need to have that. If I don't know the guy, I need to feel like I've like he's portraying a real mobster, and right. that's that's not it's not bringing it to me. Now, did they consult you for this movie at all? No, actually, they didn't consult anyone that was in the inner circle that was around him daily. None of us was asked to consult on the movie. How do you how do you now speak freely about this, admitting to the, some of the crimes and all that stuff, uh, you know, without getting in trouble? Well, I, I pled out to all my crimes. Uh, I had a plea deal with the prosecution, and uh, I had to tell them everything I did that I committed, uh, even some of the uh, things that I w- wasn't charged with originally. So I told them everything. And uh, basically, we went to court, and I pled out to these charges, so I can talk about it openly now. And uh, and you're did, did you rat on anybody? Did they call you a rat? No, no one calls me a rat. <laughs> <laughs> I, by least, the way, for the record, I wasn't calling. At least they trying. don't call him for a rat and then get away with it. Right, right, right. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I knew you wouldn't call me a rat because I'll be down Florida. And <laughs> yeah, well, look, my name is Anthony Polichemi. If you're talking, just kidding, <laughs> Spanish, just kidding. Hey, so so let me ask you how do you uh, how do you first get into that group? Well, I started uh, when I was 18 years old, bouncing at a local bar, and uh, Jim Bulger, Stevie Fleming used to frequent it. And over the course of time, we became friends. You know, we talked more and more, and then eventually, I got involved in bookmaking. You know, people I knew that wanted to put bets in, so I started taking them. And that led to uh, loan shocking because people couldn't pay the money they lost. And that led to extortion because, you know, I used to have to charge them the juice. And then when they didn't pay, I used to have to beat them up. And, you know, it just it just went from there. Yeah. Right so that that's basically every kid in my neighborhood. That's how you, you right. start. You knew a guy that you that you helped him and he was running numbers. Then you started taking your own action. And that, But here's one thing that I never understood. I see this mostly in movies. When you're loan shocking money... And somebody doesn't pay you back, and eventually you kill them. You don't get the money. Well, that's in the movies. You know, first of all, you don't lend money to, to people that you know can't pay you back. I mean, that's not good business. Uh, you know, eventually that you're going to have a problem with them, so you avoid those people. And you know, some people you lend money to, you have a limit. You can only give them so much because you know if the guy's only bringing home five hundred a week, you're not going to give him five thousand dollars. Right? You no, know, he has no way of paying you back. So I mean, that's common sense. Uh, you know, usually the only time I had a problem with someone is, you know, after they were paying me for a while, they'd basically, you know, say, screw you, I'm not paying you anymore. And then we'd have a problem. And and uh, what is the f- what's the first step? We break a finger, a foot? What do you think? What's the first move? Oh, no, you, you just beat them up. I mean, usually, you know, you, you hit them and, you know, their teeth come out of their nose, gets broke or whatever. You know, you give them a good beating and then... Uh, you know, you, you go from there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, so, I, I don't know. In my mind, you have to break something right away. Like, I think a pinky or something. This way they feel the pain for the rest of the week. Well, no, I mean, if, you know, if someone's walking around, they're missing their front teeth, you know, I think uh, they feel that That's way. true. Every yeah. time they go to brush their teeth, they remember they owe Mr. Week some money. Sure. Oh, this is good. Okay, so then when's the first time you got pinched for anything? <laughs> <laughs> first time I got pinched, well, believe it or not, was uh, 
an old girlfriend of mine had uh, gone out and not come home for about three or four days, and she came home, and uh, I started yelling at her for being out and everything. And uh, the police came to the rescue, and they saw this blonde, and they were like, oh, geez. And they arrested me for domestic violence because I was yelling at her in the middle of the street. Well, that's, ridic- that's ridiculous. Yeah, Guy, yeah well, his- I was thrown out of court, but. Yeah, this whore doesn't come home for three days. Yeah. And you got to, sometimes yeah, you got to. You got a rapper one every once in a while. Uh, okay, so but what's what's the first serious crime? Well, when, when I got arrested in '99, uh, I got hit with a uh, 29 count indictment Ooh. for racketeering, and then uh, subsequently I got hit with a superseding indictment for murder. So uh, you know, it just uh, I'd have to say November 17th, '99 is when I really got you know. So was, yeah, that sounds pretty serious. That's a big one. <laughs> All right, who's the first guy that you whack? I was involved with, it was a double homicide. It was uh, Brian Halloran and Michael Donahue. They were down the waterfront in Boston, and, uh, you know, they were in the car getting ready to leave, and, you know, he ended up killing them. What they do? Why did they, who did they uh, piss off? Well, Brian Halloran uh, was ta- was cooperating with the FBI, and he was telling them that uh, Jim Bulger and Steve Fleming were involved in the uh, World Highlight murder, Roger Wheeler. Right. And, uh, you know, Roger Wheeler, the, highlight down in Florida, I believe. Yep. Yeah. And uh, so it was decided that, uh, you know, they were cooperating with the FBI, and uh, Brian Halliman had to go. And when he was killed, uh, Michael Donnie was sitting in the car with him. He was driving. Uh, he was an unintended victim. You know, he wasn't innocent because he was around this guy, and they were grabbing drug dealers and shaking them down. I mean, if you're around that life, uh, you know, you're yeah. taking a risk. You're in the game. So what, so they're in the car, and you. how do you do it? You shoot up the car, or you walk up to them and get them while they're in the car? No, Jim Bulger pulled up in the car, uh, you know, passenger door to passenger door, one facing one way and one facing the other way, and he just let go with the uh, M1 car being into the car, and there was another fellow in the back with a ski mask on, and he let go with the, uh, uh, you know, with the machine gun, and uh, Mac-10, and uh, they were killed. Yeah, that's it. Shoot up the whole car. No, uh, so now so let me ask you. In all honesty, you, the first time you do that, you go home and you lay in bed. What do you are you are you thinking? I'm going to hell. Do you sweat it out a little bit, or are you just like, ah, this is my life. No, I mean the you know the first well you know to be honest, with you, the first time it happened, you, you say to yourself, this is for real. Yeah, I mean you realize how you know how fragile life is, and and you realize we're not playing games here. This is you know people get killed. And uh, then that night, later on, I met up with Jim Bulger, and we went up to uh, Steve Fleming's mother's house, and we had a nice dinner and sat around, and they talked about it and everything, and uh, that was it. Didn't <laughs> think about it again. And then once you once you do it, once you get one out of the way, now you could now you could just carry on with it, right? Yeah. Well, you know, Whitey Bulger was already killing people from you know when he first got out of Alcatraz and everything. He was a dangerous guy, so people were dying. I mean, there was a gang war up here back in the. 60s, 70s, where 83 people got killed. So, I mean, there was a lot of murders going on at that time. You uh, you have children, right? You have three boys? Two boys. Two boys, I'm sorry. So uh, so what happens when when they start reading the news and they see what you're involved with and you're associated with Bulger? Uh, do they, uh, does that cause problems in their childhood, or are they just like, yeah, that's my dad? Well, when at first, I mean, first of all, Whitey Bulger is my oldest son's godfather. Right. And so, uh, you know, he knew Jim well, and uh, Jim was always talking to him. And, and, you know, like he was a kid, you know, how's baseball, how's this, how's that, just normal stuff that an adult would talk to a child about. 
And uh, so my son knew him that way. And then he, you know, he heard stories about me. You know, he was like 17 when I got arrested. He heard stories about me out on the street, you know, in fights and stuff. You know, but he never heard any of the stories of the murder. So when, when that all came out, uh, he didn't talk to me for about three months. It was hard for him to comprehend. And, uh, you know, I had to sit down with him and explain to him that, you know, him and his brother were better people than me. And it was a different time back then. And, you know, when people were after us and, you know, I have a right to defend myself and uh, protect myself and everything. And, you know, I kind of explained it to him. I didn't justify what I did. There's no justifying it. Right. But it was hard for them to understand. You uh, you were in uh, prison for five years? Yeah, a little over five years. Are you worried? See, to me, that would be the biggest worry. I mean, obviously, you're probably with the right people for protection and all that. But aren't you worried that they're just they're going to pay the right guy to just come up and stab you one day? I mean, did you live all five of those years like every day is going to be my last day? No. I love. I gotta tell you, really jumping around. I love. We do, are you familiar with a guy named John Elite? No, I'm not. John's a Gotti guy that that comes in the studio, hates Gotti now, and he was in a, a Brazilian prison. I'm like, aren't you worried? And they're all you guys are like, nah, nah, I wasn't worried. It's like the right. easiest jail time ever. Well, it's, listen, you're just as capable, if not more, maybe than ninety percent of the people that are in there. Right. Okay? So, I mean, you're not worried about having a problem because whatever they can do, you can do too, you know, and everybody recognizes that. And people basically do their own time. They don't want a problem. You know, they're looking to go in there, do their time, and get out. Nobody's looking for, you know, a problem in there. So it's not as, as bad as you think it is. Right. Prison. Uh, you know, the only thing is you get four walls and you can't go out. <laughs> yeah, my dad was a corrections officer at Rikers Island, and... Uh, uh-huh. I, anytime I ever talk about prison rape or movie, he always goes, it's not like that. It's not like you see in the movies. If you want to go bang, you there's plenty of gay guys that will have sex with you. Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, you know, uh, I never, you know something, I never seen that in, in the prison, you know, as in the federal system. I never saw that, really. I mean, you know, you heard a guy sneaking off and stuff, but it wasn't around. You don't put yourself around that stuff, so you're not really exposed to it. Five years isn't a long time. You don't do gay stuff in five years, right? No, my toothbrush didn't even get wet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I got to tell you, uh, uh, the book is called Hunted Down, the FBI's Pursuit and Capture of Whitey Bulger. It's by Kevin Weeks. You are you can tell when we've talked to, I'm very interested in the mob stuff. You can tell when you talk to a guy who's full of crap and a guy who's very authentic. I mean, right, this guy yeah. is very authentic. Kevin, who killed uh, uh, Jimmy Hoffa? You know, <laughs> I don't know. Uh from what I heard, and uh, years back, it was actually his own uh, son-in-law that set him up. Oh, really? Yeah, I mean, those are stories that I was, you know, I was told and stuff, but I really don't know who killed him. I, I wish you would, I would go see the Whitey Bulger movie with you if you had control of, like, the remote control so you could stop it and go, okay, you see that? This is bull. Right, This yeah, is what really happened. That's what you should do. You should charge people to take you to the movies. Yeah, well, if we went and saw the movie, you know, it would be getting paused every 30 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, if you want the real story, you get the book Hunted Down, the FBI's Pursuit and Capture of Whitey Bulger by Kevin Weeks, a guy who was right in the middle of the thick of things. Uh, I appreciate your honesty, sir, and I, I certainly thank you for being on the show today. Well, thank you for having me. All right, good talking to you. And if you come down here, make sure you whack Spanish. It's all on right. Spanish. Thanks, Kevin. Take care. See you, buddy. I like that guy. Steve and Julie Weintraub here for the Golden Diamond Source. If you're thinking about getting engaged, Golden Diamond Source is your one-stop destination. Shop, compare, and save at the Golden Diamond Source. 3800 Olmerton Road. Or online at goldendiamondsource.com.